Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. It's great to be with you all this afternoon. And uh, who's already had some chocolate today? Anybody? Anyone had some chocolate? Uh, I know Lee hasn't. Lee doesn't like chocolate. <laughs> um, who's had a few hot cross buns? Anyone had oh, some people? Fruit? Fruit, chocolate, anyone? Do you want to have a chocolate? Oh, a couple of people like the chocolate ones. Apple and cinnamon? Anyone? No? Awesome, apple and cinnamon, best, uh, and no fruit. Just zero of anything. Any awesome non, non-fruit lovers too. There you go. An Easter egg hunt? Anyone had an Easter egg hunt? So some people, fantastic. Hope you can enjoy that. That's with your families, of course. And you might have other Easter traditions. I know some people give pyjamas. Anyway, instead of pyjamas, yeah. So here's some yeses to that. And all of these are okay, but ultimately they're, they're not what Easter is really about, despite what the secular world wants to present to us. Easter is when we specifically take significant time to remember and thank Jesus uh, for what he's done for us. He is risen. Uh, today is Resurrection Sunday, the day Jesus was raised to life following his crucifixion. On Good Friday, and today I'm sharing about the victory of Jesus. Uh, because when Jesus uh, died on the cross on Good Friday, when he rose from the grave on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, uh, there was a triumphant victory. Sin and death were defeated, and uh, all humanity were forgiven and invited to a new life, an eternal life, an abundant life, and uh, a personal relationship with him. And so he is risen. Uh, this resurrection message from the angel, which was spoken to Jesus' disciples that day over 2,000 years ago, was the most important message they had ever heard. And in fact, it's the most important message that we will ever hear. It's the greatest victory of the human race. Jesus' resurrection not only changed the lives of his disciples all those years ago, but he continues to change lives today, which we, as part of God's family, are a testimony to that truth. Just as Jesus was raised uh, victorious in resurrection, we have been raised through the gift of salvation uh, and to walk, be able to walk in his victory. Uh, in other words, when we choose to accept Jesus into our heart, we receive the victory he already accomplished on the cross. We're not actually trying to look for it. It's already ours. We have attained it, which is quite amazing, isn't it? And so the accounts following Jesus' resurrection in the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John make it evident it's a truly extraordinary time in the human race. And the resurrection accounts are a continual reminder of how amazing God is that he would send his son Jesus to rescue us. And I can feel I can relate to the different experiences that people had with the risen Jesus recorded in the Gospels. Not that I have seen the risen Jesus and them before me physically, that would be quite something, but in the sense that I know what it's like to encounter Jesus in my spirit in a way that has transformed my life. It's transformed how I see others and how I live. And that's uh, something that actually is for all of us. Every encounter we have with Jesus changes our starting from that moment of salvation. And we can all we have to say amen to that, can't we? I've, I've had this revelation in the past week or so, which I guess you could say it's broadened my understanding of and thinking around Jesus' resurrection. And what I noticed is that the gospel accounts 
Don't focus on the resurrection itself, but rather on the people meeting with the risen Jesus. The four Gospels have accounts of Jesus appearing to many of his disciples across a 40-day period after his resurrection, where some specific individuals highlighted, got Mary Magdalene, uh, Simon Peter and Thomas, just to name a few. It's actually quite a number. Uh, but 1 Corinthians 15, 6 Acts tells us that Jesus appeared to more than 500 of his uh, disciples as followers uh, in those 40 days. And so the, the focus of the Gospels being Jesus' encounters with people after his resurrection as opposed to the actual resurrection is really exciting to me. You know, we might think it's strange that we don't have uh, accounts in Scripture specifically of that resurrection moment, such a significant time in history. You'd almost expect very detailed, lengthy passages on, on what actually took place in that moment. But I believe God wants us to really focus not so much on the event, the resurrection, where that is important, but rather on the person, his son, the risen Jesus. God wants us to focus on the relationship, the relationship the risen Jesus has with people who encounter him from that moment on, and he, how he changes people for the better. Because that's the reality for us now, as much as it was back then. His victory wasn't only for the disciples and the Jews and the Gentiles at that time, his victory is for us now, today, in 2022. And so, for many who meet with the risen Jesus, and many who met with him that, that day, it was a transformative moment. It is with every person who chooses to put their faith in Jesus and accept, accept him as their personal saviour because when we do that, we are stepping into resurrection victory. And so you might be here today and perhaps you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus or it might just be that you're feeling areas in your life where you're stuck, you know, you, you're not feeling that, that, you're not sensing that victory, you're not even walking in that victory. And our prayer, of course, first of all, is for everyone to accept the gift of salvation, but also that we would all walk, regardless of where we are in our walk with Jesus, that we would all walk in that victory that he has uh, already uh, come to attain for us through the cross and, and the resurrection. So let's turn right now to Matthew 28. We're going to look at Matthew's account of Jesus appearing to people following his resurrection. Jesus has been crucified. His body placed in the tomb, and it's Easter Sunday, which we will uh, picking up from here, Matthew 28. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him, they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. And so the resurrection message that Jesus is alive 
and he is risen from the dead means it's a new day for us. It's a new day for believers. We are free and free from the grip of sin and death, free from the darkness of the world, free from the exhaustion, because let's be honest, it is exhausting when we're trying to live by our own understanding and in our own strength. Darkness no longer has power. Darkness has been overcome by the light, which is Jesus. Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so darkness has no longer has that power. Uh, and victory is found in personal relationship with Jesus, the light of the world. And when we confess our sin and we confess our need for Jesus, I need a saviour and we accept that personal relationship, we're saved and now we're walking in his victory. Walking in the victory is one for us. What does it mean? Well, there's so many scriptures, but just these two are the ones that came to my mind straight away. Romans 6.14, For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. 1 Corinthians 15, 55-57, Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sin? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he has given us victory, the victory, through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we walk in the victory, the resurrection victory of Jesus, we're set free from chains. We're set free from those things which want to hold us down, from addictions and selfishness, pride, anxiety, depression, greed, apathy, unhealthy relationships, unhealthy thoughts, uh, warped identity. And that's a lot of things. <laughs> Today we may be physically here at church, but there's no doubt we're all battling something somewhere along the way. Uh, it could be a particular addiction, it might be a sin that keeps repeating. We're experiencing mar marital crisis, job loss, a range of health problems. Perhaps we've experienced personal betrayal in some respect. Uh, I just want to declare today over our struggles, our greatest disappointments, our health, our relationships, our jobs. He is risen. Jesus is risen. We have the victory. Even if we haven't seen it yet, victory is ours through Jesus. Victory is ours through Jesus. We are strong enough by the power of the Holy Spirit to withstand the depravity and the adversity of the world, which attempts to pervade our everyday life. We may be in the valley, but God is bringing us to the mountain top. And that is an amazing, amazing promise that I believe is for all of us today. He is bringing us to the mountain top, whatever that means in our individual circumstances. The victory of Jesus means that we have joy. So we are free and we also have joy. Hallelujah. And Matthew 28, 8, they hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran, ran to tell his disciples, afraid yet filled with joy. When we experience deep fear, yet we are filled with joy and we continue to be obedient in our relationship with Jesus. We are living victoriously. And Pastor Nicole talked about joy in her recent series, The Upside Down Kingdom. And Talk about how happiness is very different to joy because happiness is based on uh, external circumstances, which is what the world really focuses on. What's happening externally affects how we feel on the inside. Uh, but joy, which as we know is a fruit of the Spirit, is so it comes through relationship with Jesus, is the settled assurance that God is in control. The settled assurance that God is in control. So why then were they afraid? Why did it say that they were afraid? Why did they live with mixed emotions? Well, it was fear of the unknown. Yeah. They didn't come to the tomb expecting this to happen. Yeah. They came to the tomb.
through to warn the death of Jesus. And yes, Jesus had told his disciples that he was going to uh, rise from the dead. You can read about that in Mark 9 and Matthew 17. But they didn't understand what he meant at the time. The scriptures actually tell us that. So here we have these faithful followers, these two faithful ladies, uh, followers of Jesus. They're coming to his tomb expecting one thing. And instead they meet this very remarkable and strange sight. There's violent earthquake. There's this angel that appears to them and tells them that Jesus is risen. Hang on a minute. The same person that they had seen crucified on the cross, the same person they had seen uh, Joseph and Arimathea placed into the tomb with a large stone that was rolled across it, sealing it. So they've now been told that he's risen. And so I think this would cause fear in most people. They were probably wondering, hang on, what's going on? First of all, they're meeting an angel, there's an earthquake, he's risen, what's happening? You can imagine that, can't you? You can always put yourself in that situation. And so these sort of events would they'll be surprising for most of us, but it's the truth, the truth that Jesus is alive, which causes that deep sense of joy to rise within them, because that's what the power, that's the power of the gospel. It brings joy to people because it is connected to our spirit. So they didn't let fear stop them from going to tell the other disciples what had happened as the angel had instructed them. I think this is important for us because when we listen to fear, we hear all kinds of messages, don't we? Uh, we might hear things like, well, why would Jesus want to save me? I'm, I'm too broken. Well, I can't overcome this addiction. Things are never going to get better. There's no point to this. This is all too hard. I can't do that. So when we listen to lies, we're really robbed of, of joy. You know, we constantly feel beaten down. And I believe Jesus wants us to rise above that and really step into that resurrection victory. I was listening, listening to a sermon by Joyce Meyer. I really enjoy Joyce Meyer because for me, she gets to just the heart of the matter straight away. And it's born right, right to it. There's no beating around the bush. And I just really like that. It's very clear what she's trying to say. And she said uh, in the sermon I was listening to that our thoughts are the foundation for so many things in our lives. Ain't that the truth? And certainly they are the foundation of any kind of victory that we ever hope to have in our life. Unless our thinking changes, nothing else in our life ever changes. Pastor Frank Rochelle, winner of, uh, author of Winning the War in Your Mind, says your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And, you know, I've seen Jesus' victory come to pass in my own life when I've allowed God to transform my thinking from self-condemning, negative, depressive, and anxious thought patterns. And I'm still working on my thinking. Uh, the mind is in a continual process of renewal by the Holy Spirit while we live on this earth. We never, we're never going to make it in that sense until we reach, uh, reach heaven. You know, we're always going to be in a continual process of renewal by the Holy Spirit. But I have seen incredible victory and breakthroughs. I've surrendered my mind. To Jesus to heal me and help me form new pathways of truth. And we don't allow fear and anxious thoughts to dictate our responses to situations, and we instead allow His resurrection life to rewire our faulty human thinking. We can then walk in victory. The best way to walk in victory in the victory of Jesus to let the good news, the words of the risen Jesus, the word of God, uh, through the many promises that He gives to us, to be louder in our mind than the messages of fear which come from the enemy. 
what if we find ourselves thinking those anxious thoughts? Or what if we feel fear begin to hinder us from moving forward in faith? We don't need to condemn ourselves about it and spend hours in self-pity and uh, beat ourselves up about it, but we, we can turn to Jesus. We can ask the Holy Spirit for help. Uh, we can declare scripture. Uh, Nehemiah 8, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Or 1 Corinthians 2, I have the mind of Christ. Romans 8, I'm more than a conqueror through him. 2 Timothy 1, I don't have a spirit of fear. 1 John 4, perfect love. That's Jesus. Not what the world says love is. Perfect love casts out fear. 1 Peter 5, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And so we can still feel afraid and experience deep fears, but by faith, we put our hope in Jesus. We believe the Bible is the truth. And as we think about it, as we think about it and we speak it out, we will be filled with joy. We will be filled with that assurance that God is in control. When we choose faith over fear, when we're choosing resurrection life over death, uh, the devil has to flee. We can't speak the truth and we can't uh, think a lie at the same time. The devil can't occupy our heart or our mind when it's fixed on Jesus or take away from us what has already been accomplished through his sacrifice. So the victory of Jesus means that we are free and we have joy. And now the victory of Jesus means that we surrender. Matthew 28, 9. Suddenly Jesus came to meet them. Greetings, he said. That would have been such a fright. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my goodness, just that moment must have just been... I would have been in shock, I'm sure of it. But they came to him, clasped his feet and worshipped him. What a beautiful image. Jesus appears to them and they're overcome. These women are overcome. And they're drawn in by the side of their Lord. They're drawn in by the side of their King, their friend, who, who they said goodbye to just a few days earlier. It's easy to picture them sort of stumbling forward and falling at his, his feet. And is this a dream? Is this actually happening? Jesus, Jesus, you're alive. We praise you. We thank you so much that you're here. You can just imagine what they would have been like. What other response could we have in the face of the risen Jesus other than praise, other than worship, other than bowing down and surrender where we acknowledge that he is greater than we can possibly understand. So if we desire to live in, with victory, and if we desire to live in victory, there is a, a point of surrender. And it starts with salvation, when we surrender our lives, and we're acknowledging that we are sinners, and we need a saviour, believing the gospel message of Jesus is the truth. That is, it is the truth. We're confessing our faith in him and choosing to follow him. But it doesn't end there. Salvation is only the beginning. It's the starting point for all of us. And then we enter an ongoing process of spiritual formation, which is really just the work uh, that Jesus is doing in our spirit from salvation. I'm part of a pastor's connect group at Heaven Heights this year, and we're reading a book called Invitation to the Journey, a roadmap for spiritual formation by Robert Mulholland Jr. And he says this work that Jesus is doing in us is a process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. Spiritual formation is not something we do to ourselves or for ourselves, but it's something we allow God to do in us and for us as we yield ourselves to the work of God's transforming grace. We walk in victory as we surrender to being daily transformed by the ongoing work of salvation, the process of becoming more like Jesus, which I'm sure we're all sitting here because we want to become more like Jesus. And it is an ongoing work. It isn't an overnight process, although we'd like it to be. It is a continual and daily process. Hebrews 10, 14, for by one sacrifice, 
Jesus. He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Being made holy. The Apostle Paul, you're being made holy. That's good news, right? You are being made holy. That's amazing. The Apostle Paul encourages us in Philippians 1.6 that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, when the day when he comes again. When we begin to understand that the victory of the risen Jesus uh, and, and that this, this victory has been imparted to our lives through salvation and the continual work of the Holy Spirit, we can surrender. We are, this enables us to surrender because we stop trying to manufacture victory for ourselves or, or start to earn it or pretend we have it all together and we don't, we don't need this victory. I mean, we're living in a time of the self-made person or influencer. You know, we can be our own God and our own author of truth. How's that working out for us? The way I see it, not too well. You know, we've got brokenness all around here. People and addictions are increasing. Mental health issues are increasing. Statistics for suicide increasing. Homelessness increasing. So this live your truth is a lie <laughs> for the pit of hell. Because only Jesus, only through Jesus, can we have true life? Only, and Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And I think deep down the depths of our being, there is dissatisfaction and there is discontentment when we don't have Jesus in the picture. And I think that's why we see people looking to we see people looking to all sorts of other things. And we can sometimes do that too without realizing. But as these ladies came to Jesus that Easter Sunday and they, they fell at his feet in reverence, they worshipped the one they loved, they surrendered to his authority, his kingship. It's time for us too, I believe, to humble ourselves and to worship our risen Jesus because we need Jesus. And let's not make any mistake about that. We need Jesus every hour, every day, every moment. And we need to protect ourselves from the getting into that complacent thing of, oh, well, maybe I just don't need to read my Bible today. I don't need to come to church. We need to be in community. We need the Word of God. We need prayer. And if we're wondering why some things are not working, perhaps we need to just start with those very basic but powerful principles. Bible, prayer, community. Let's make sure we are connected well in those areas. It's only from a place of surrender that we can walk into this victory. So we are free. We have joy. We are free. We have joy. We surrender. And we are entrusted. We are entrusted. Matthew 28.10, after Jesus has appeared to the woman, so he gives them instructions, and he sends them ahead to give a message to the disciples. And this isn't a casual Sunday with regular, everyday events. <laughs> We're talking about eternity being changed. We're talking about history being made. Here we have Jesus sending two of his followers ahead with this massive news for the other disciples. You go. You go tell them. You go tell the disciples. I'll catch up with you. You let them know that I'm risen and I'll meet you there. <laughs> I've got some things I've got to take care of first. And this is big news. This is good news. It's life-changing. It's death-defying. It's promise-fulfilling kind of good news. And, and we have these ordinary ladies, people like you and me, who have been called by Jesus uh, to be part of sharing his resurrection story. Jesus could easily do this on his own. But he empowers others. He empowers others. He gives us dignity, doesn't he? Later on, we see Jesus calling his disciples to share this story with the world. And we read about the incredible beginnings of the church in the book of Acts. And so Jesus entrusted his followers to pass on the biggest message of history, a message of resurrection victory. And he sent the Holy Spirit to be 
our helper, we're not alone. We have the Holy Spirit. It's the same. It's the same for us today. The resurrection victory of Jesus has been entrusted to us. We are carriers of the gospel message. We have the truth and we have this Holy Spirit in our hearts. Jesus is risen. He is the saviour of the world and he longs to have a personal relationship with every human being on this earth. And so what are we going to do with his victory? Because yes, we can walk in his victory and we can certainly uh, find blessing in that and freedom in our own lives, but he does that work in us for the sake of others, for the sake of the other. And so it's others that he wants, you know, he wants others to come in to his kingdom. He wants people to know his victory personally for themselves. And so we carry Jesus' victory with us uh, so that our lives can point people to him and to his saving grace. It doesn't mean that we walk into our workplace tomorrow and we jump on our desk and open our Bible and start shouting out scripture at the top of our lungs. If I did that as a chaplain, I would lose my job. Um, but it's um, because I'm a chaplain in a public school, just to clarify. And uh, unfortunately, we can't actually talk about Jesus, but it doesn't matter because I can be the hands and the feet of Jesus and I can speak life into people. I don't have to say save a word, but I can speak life. You can too in your work context. You can be speaking the life of Jesus into people's lives. It's many meaningful conversations that we have with people, an intentional conversation. Oh, what did you do over in Easter? I went to church because uh, I got to celebrate uh, that uh, Jesus is risen. Oh, what's that about? You know, you never know what, where that actually leads. And it does take a lot of courage, absolutely. But we can be faithful that if we plant the seed, God's on the other side and he can of course work that in that person without you even knowing what he's doing. We don't have to know everything, we just have to take that first step and trust him in the process. It's also just spending time to listen, taking that time to listen to someone going through a difficult situation or text message of encouragement and praying for you during this time. Uh, Have you ever had someone who doesn't know Jesus reject my offer of prayer? I've never had anyone, I've done it so many times in school, never had anyone with particular teachers and no one's ever said, no, no thanks, I don't want that. They all said, oh, that would be great, thank you. I mean, I don't really believe in prayer, but no, please do that. So there's openness there to people in their hearts. So godly attitude and response we have at work are really important, particularly if we're confronted by a difficult client or even if our colleagues are perhaps speaking badly of someone and we know it's not right. When we walk in the victory of Jesus, we are the difference that the world needs. And so let's thank Jesus that he's entrusted his victory to us and let's carry it to others, sharing his love and hope with them. So I have the, the keys up. Thank you, Shane. So we have joy. Well, I'm going out of order now, but uh, we have joy. <laughs> we surrender. We're entrusted. And the very first one was we are free. So we are free. We have joy. We are uh, We are entrusted. Oh, my goodness. I'm just going to stop, but you know what? It's okay. God knows. God knows. It's getting them all over, uh, all out of order. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.